you are divine. Hello there, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. <sighs> it has been so good and like heartwarming medicine for my soul to create the way that I have been creating this podcast lately. Like normally I have to sit down and I'll record episodes back to back to back to back. And by the time the fourth episode for the month rolls around, either I'm supercharged and really into it, or I'm creating from this place of like, oh, I have to put this together and I have things I want to say. But that fourth episode really kind of gets like, screwed over a little bit sometimes because I've just been doing so much that day. And I want to talk about today specifically the medicine of what I have really been tapping into this year in terms of creating in a flow-based way of doing things. And I think this is going to be an episode for all of my creative types out there. I used to make a lot of content on like, quote unquote, YouTube school and like, how to be a YouTuber and like, giving all this knowledge and tips on things that I had in really creating like a business level YouTube platform. And don't get me wrong, I think those things are still valuable. I will link the playlist down below for y'all if any of you are curious about that. Uh, even if you're not into YouTube, I think that like any kind of creator could benefit from that series. But as many of you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, uh, this year in particular, or even I would say a little bit of last year as well, I've been very focused on bringing the divine feminine into my line of work instead of living in my divine masculine 24 seven, which is very like force, make things happen, go out and get do all the research, do all the SEO, where divine feminine says, I'm going to create this beautiful thing. And then I'm going to lay back and receive and let things like come to me naturally, basically. And I'm going to, instead of like going and doing and forcing, I'm going to attract what I want instead. And I would say, surprisingly, you would think, you would think <laughs> that the divine feminine way of doing things would be a lot easier. But when we are all so trained, especially in like the Western worlds, we are so trained to go force do the way that the divine masculine operates because the world is very driven in that right now. I would say that's like a world thing. I don't think that's just a Western world thing. I think we see that in a lot of places. But when you're so conditioned that that's the only way to do it, it's quite hard <laughs> to change your mentality and your mindset and decide that you're just going to slow down and allow things to come to you naturally. Honestly, the letting go is the hardest part. And uh, I just I feel like today's episode, it, it's coming for a reason, in the sense that, like, let, let me, <laughs> let me just tell you, let me just tell you why this topic came up. So first and foremost, the thing I wanted to say about creating in the way that I've been creating is that with the podcast, and I talked about this a little bit in the last episode as well. But with the podcast, I've been just very inspired to create things in the moment. And anytime I'm feeling that energy, I immediately dive into it. And no matter what I had on my schedule that day, 
I remind myself like, oh, but you feel really inspired and called to make this thing. So go and make this thing. And I preach this information all the time. But to be honest with you, actually practicing it is a lot newer to me than I would like to admit. Uh, Where it's, you know, I always tell y'all, do what lights you up. It's so important that you always focus on what lights you up and not trying to force things. But really, like if this thing is lighting you up in the moment, do that thing. And that is the energy that I've been really trying to seat myself in is what lights me up today? What do I feel called to to do today? And really just letting go of the rest. Now, sometimes I do think this can be committing to chaos. (laughs) um, Because sometimes it doesn't allow me a lot of structure to my life. And that can be irritating. So I feel like I've been really trying to get into the balance of what that means for me to follow what lights me up, but still have some routines in place that actually keep me at like a base level of stasis. And that includes like, you know, eating the right foods for me, making sure that I'm prepared for my day somewhat before I'm just like, okay, what do I want to do today? You know, and I think for me, what I have, what has helped me the most in that is I might have a plan for the day. I might be like, okay, I'm going to create this. I'm going to create this. I'm going to create this. And then I actually go to do that creating and none of it sounds great. I don't want to do any of it. And like the work doesn't come out the same way or it doesn't like the things I'm creating don't come out as effective in my opinion, because I just don't feel inspired to make them. And so I think the secret to it all is that when you do what lights you up, it's okay to have a plan. It's okay to just like, you know, maybe you want to wake up at a certain time and eat a meal this way and work out at this time. And maybe you feel called in the morning to do those things, or you kind of stick to your plan. But the moment that creative inspiration hits you, trusting that the universe gave you this beautiful gift of creation, and you're going to be like the best vessel to carry it through and trusting that and letting yourself be driven by that and saying, okay, the plan's going to deviate a little today. And that's okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that means you have to like, bypass all your deadlines and stress yourself out in the long run. But I think it's really important to allow for that flexibility. And this is coming from somebody that is a recovering perfectionist, especially when it comes to my career and how I how I run things, a recovering perfectionist, and somebody that like, I used to really pride myself on being a type A personality, where Everything had to be done a certain way, even when it came to like the cleanliness of my home, it had to be done in a certain way or I would be stressed out. And I've really had to hone in on just releasing and letting go and letting things flow in very naturally. And like I said, when you come from a lifetime of doing it the opposite, where you force everything, it's hard to put it down. It's hard to let go. And the thing is, the more that you actually practice it, the better and better and easier it becomes and the better you feel is my, that's probably like, if I could give anyone anything about this, that's what I would remind everybody that's trying to like make a change in this direction is, and I know that some of y'all do because you, you come to my like Patreon, you come to my Instagram, which I haven't been on there in a while, but people, y'all will listen to the podcast and because we don't have anywhere to discuss it, that's actually something I should do. I should create somewhere to discuss that. I'm going to write that down. 
anybody that wants to create this for themselves, I would say that it's really important to create your like non-negotiables. So this is going to be like, for me, for example, a non-negotiable would be maybe to wake up at a certain time in the morning, unless it's around the full moon. For some reason, my sleep around the full moon gets messed up every single time, but I allow for that fluctuation. But a non-negotiable to me would be like, you know, making sure that you're getting a workout in if that's something that you want to do in the morning or whenever you wake up, right? Or wake up at a certain time or have a certain breakfast or, you know, making certain things non-negotiable so it does feel feel like you have some like baseline of normalcy, but allowing for the fluctuation of things to change in your day and just making room. Honestly, if I could take this down to its like most basic, basic, basic form of what I think really assisted me in starting that recovery process from perfectionism and that like masculine driven self, it has really been about no longer allowing myself internally in my mind to talk shit about the feminine aspect. Meaning, you know how sometimes your brain will just run around on autopilot and you like, let's say you had a plan for your day of how it was going to go and what you were going to do. And you meet your first obstacle in the day that is going to throw you off the course of what you thought you were going to be doing. You might start your brain literally on autopilot because you're used to letting it run rampant like that. It will start to say every negative thing to you. Like, oh, you like you're such a piece of crap you couldn't even get this thing done right do you ever do anything right blah 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 the best thing that i have ever done for myself and it is a practice it is not something that you're going to pick up on one day and it's going to be totally different you will have to do this every single day in my in my experience it is an everyday occurrence until it becomes normal you have to stop that thought in its tracks And be like, hey, 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 you know, maybe we don't think that way about ourselves. Maybe instead of thinking that thought, we can just observe what is going on. Because here's the thing that I don't think enough people are saying. Your brain actually does not control you. I'm gonna let that sink in for a second. Like, yes, negative thought spirals can come up and it can feel like it is very out of our control. Because we're not used to using the tools that are available to us to change them. But it is not actually out of your control to change the way that you think. And I think sometimes, especially in the realm of like, don't get me wrong, I think it's so great that we have so much like mental health awareness online at this point. I really do. I think that has been nothing but a good thing. But I think sometimes so much awareness of it, if we're constantly seeing how other people are dealing or coping or are experiencing, we can let that kind of sink into us. And now we feel like we're the ones that don't have any say in how our mental health behaves or how we feel mentally. And the thing is, for every single person, it is going to be different. But you actually do have a role in your own mental health and how you choose to recover from what you deal with. It is not out of your control. And that, I think, is also a big key component to changing from this fast-paced way of doing things into something more gentle is 
we have to stop the thoughts as they are coming up in the moment. And there are going to be days where your thoughts are going to run on forever and ever and ever, and it's going to feel like you can't get a grasp on any of them. But that's part of the process. You know, I think that this is something we all deal with in the realm of healing and working on ourselves is we constantly will get this idea that healing has to just be an upward trajectory, that there's no back and forth, that you don't take five steps forward and then go four backwards. You know, it it does look like that. It does go up and then you'll maybe hit a speed bump and then it comes back down. And that is how like if your health could be put onto your like mental world could be put onto a graph, it would look up and down and up and down and up and down. And you might get periods of stasis where things are moving up, but then you might hit another road bump and that's okay. That's normal. It's normal to not just decide you're going to do something about your mental health and it not just immediately take hold in you. The important part is that you don't take a bystander's approach and don't just decide, well, it's too hard, so I'm not even going to try. It's continuing to try anyways, because I promise, again, coming from like, Somebody that was like a chronic overachiever, perfectionist, chronic people pleaser. Oh my gosh. Chronic people pleaser was, I'm so grateful that that's not who I am anymore. It has made my life so much easier. Like, I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I never try to people please when I feel uncomfortable. But I will say that I do think in terms of people pleasing, that is something that I really feel like is much of my past. I don't feel like a chronic people pleaser anymore. I feel like I have very much recovered from that in a way. And I think that's also on recovering from a lot of social anxiety. But um, anyways, my whole tangent here and my whole point to this is, is if you're trying to bring this in for yourself, this ability to just receive, to not push so hard we have to start taking an approach to it instead of just saying that it's too hard and we can't. You have to start being an active participant. And that goes with anything in life that you're trying to change. You have to become an active participant. You can sit and have the story of why it doesn't work and why it's never worked. But then you have to come to the question of, okay, but now what? Instead of like, oh, that's, you know, this is how I am. This is what it is. Da, 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 da. Okay, I'm just going to stay there. No, it's you have to become an active participant in changing those things. And that is truly what I believe is the baseline is changing the way that you think about it. And it takes time. Even when I have like negative thoughts about myself, I'm not perfect, especially when it comes to like body image. I think I still struggle a lot with negative self-talk and negative thoughts about my body, something that very much is my focus for this year of changing that pattern, which we'll talk about that in another episode. But I feel like when it comes to the way I talk to myself about my work or getting things done on a day-to-day basis, where I used to constantly judge myself if I didn't get this huge to-do list done every day. I just don't talk to myself that way anymore. I don't allow it. I don't allow my brain to sit there and tell me why I'm such trash. I don't. I literally don't allow it. And I think what I started doing first before it actually became a habit where I will talk back to that voice in my head and be like, no, that's my overachiever thought. Thank you for being here. I'm going to honor that your presence is here, but that's actually not who we are. 
or, oh, nope, that's my really anxious thought when it comes to work. And thank you for being here. Thank you for showing me where I maybe need to work a little bit more on my own healing journey, but that's actually not who I am. And I don't have to accept that as my identity. And like, that's the way that I will literally internally talk to myself. And the other thing, like I said, or started to say is, I do think in the beginning phases of this, when I started to change the way I think, and in turn, I believe changing my neural pathways and the way that I talk to myself, uh, I started by doing it in the mirror first. And I know that that might be even more difficult for some people. I feel like for me, it actually gave me deeper connection with myself because I was able to actually see myself say things back to myself out loud instead of just internally. And it gave me so much more love for myself as I am currently. Um, Like I said, that one might be a little bit harder for some people. Maybe I'm just like an all hands on deck kind of bitch. And I will just go like all the way in all the time. But Um, I do feel like mirror practicing was really important in the beginning of my changing over to this more like gentle way of being and letting things be as they are and not being so force driven. Uh, In any case, all of these shenanigans to say that the reason this episode even like came into my realm and I was inspired to create it, I will tell you after we hear a word from our sponsors. So the reason that this episode even I like just got such a big hit of inspiration to make it is today, which when I'm recording this, I'm sure we're well beyond this. But today I actually hit 90K on my YouTube channel, which like 90K subscribers, which um, I think we've talked about this before that like subscribers matter in the realm of YouTube because it like it does matter because y'all are my community and like it does matter I don't want to say that it doesn't but in terms of like quote unquote success on YouTube subscriber count actually doesn't matter or factor in that much it depends on how you define success though like don't get me wrong I think a follower count is important because Like I said, that's your community. These are like the people that you're impacting and connecting with. But when it comes to like any sort of like monetary or gain in that regard, subscriber count is like next to not important. Like it just your viewership and the length of time people are watching your videos is way more important. And even for the algorithm and getting it pushed out into the algorithm more that actually matters more watch time and how many people are viewing each video which like, even if you look at my channel, I have videos that have more views than I have subscriber count. And that's what I mean by like the subscriber count doesn't always equate same with like if you look at channels that have like multiple million subs and then you look at their viewership on their videos a lot of them not all of them some of them still have really high high views but a lot of the channels have like 20 and 30k views per video but they'll have like 3 million subs and you're like how does that happen like how like it's there's so much I could say on that I don't want to talk about the deep dive of the YouTube algorithm today but um My point to that, I suppose, is that like, this is a metric that I do measure for myself, but it's not something that I like base my whole everything I do off of. But it's a metric that I've been measuring since May of 2020. I actually have 
a bullet journal page that I have kept since May of 2020. So coming up on two years. Yeah, two years. And I made basically every like square that I color in is a thousand subscribers and it goes from 1000 to 100,000. And I'm now at that final stretch of coloring in the last 10 blocks. And it's been so crazy to watch this happen because it's a very like physical representation and I date the little blocks as well like every block has a date next to it that tells me when I hit that milestone and I feel like as a creator so this this message right here is gonna again really be for my creative types today because I think a lot of us really need to hear it there are gonna be times in your creative endeavors where you are popping off and you are peaking and everything is like feeling really good and all the work and effort that you put in feels like it's really paying off. And then there are going to be times, I promise, where that is not happening and your growth feels like it has stagnated and it is your responsibility as a creator to stay in alignment with your creativity and to not falter to what the outside is trying to make it seem like is wrong. Like, Basically, don't kill your creativity in order to make a metric. And this is something that as a creator, I have really had to learn the hard way. And that's why I wanted to talk about it is because I think so often we create something purely from our heart that feels really good that we felt so inspired to make in the moment and we followed that inspiration, which what a brave thing to do. In a world that doesn't really honor creativity, I do think we're getting there. I think that we've shifted more and more and more into honoring our creative types in the world. But in a world where creativity isn't really like the norm or honored as much, it is such a brave thing to decide that you're going to follow this creative thread that you're on. And I want to first just like really honor that in those of you that feel ultimately like you want to follow a more creative path you do such a brave service to yourself and to the world by sharing authentically of your creations. And that in and of itself, I promise you, is worth its weight in gold. Because somewhere, someone out there needs what you are saying, needs your message, needs, even if it's not you making this in service of other people, it's just you having a good time. Somebody needs to see you having a good time. Like, for example, I'm not trying to like, be egotistical about this in any sense of the matter. I'm just trying to provide examples. When I do the work that I do, sometimes the work that I show up for and I feel very inspired to make, it hits like no one. And it's hard to not get disappointed by that. It's hard to be like, oh man, I I put so much energy into this podcast episode or I, I put so much energy into this particular YouTube pick a card or, and to just like not see it perform because you put so much energy into it. But the thing is, even if only one person listened to it or watched it or heard it and it made an impact on them, you literally have already changed the world in some way. You have altered the course of their day in some way. And that alone is such a crazy, like, isn't that just nuts? Isn't that nuts? The way that we can connect with others and share of creations and like make such deep impacts 
even if it's just like somebody saw you creating and enjoying your time and that inspired them to create and enjoy their time. You feel me? Like, even if it's literally just the act of you creating that inspired somebody, maybe it's not even a message that you carried. Maybe it's literally just the energy that you brought to the table. That, that is it. (laughs) That is it. It doesn't even need to go beyond that. However, when it does go beyond that as well, that everything beyond that to me is just a gift. It's just an extra gift from the universe. That's like, Hey, here you go. This is great. So create when you feel like you need to create always, no matter what it is, make room for that fluctuation in your life to decide to do something different. Like today I had it on my agenda to sit and just make pick a card content. And As I was filling in this 90k square on my little graph that I keep, I was like, wow, I just really want to talk to people about the creative process because looking at these squares, I can see where I've had periods of massive, massive growth on my channel. Like I can see where in May, June, and especially July of 2020, in July of 2020, I gained 10,000 subscribers that month plus. It was more than that. It was 13, 14, 14,000 subs in the month of July 2020. And then, like, I want to say the following July, it happened again. July is just like a really lucky month for me. I think that's because I have... I want to say it's I have Jupiter in the eighth house in Leo and July well technically August is really like Leo but technically in like Placidus system I'm also in eighth house cancer so that's like other people anyways that's that's a whole astrology thing for another time but um July tends to always be like a really lucky month for me in terms of business for whatever reason. I'm sure I could suss that out harder. But um, in terms of looking at this graph, like July is always really like bumping for me every single time. But then if you look at like the winter months every single year so far, which is just two years of data, but with these two years, from December, like around November, December, late November, early December, I can see that things slow down every single year. And I think it's also because I slow down a little bit more in the winter time. And things usually pick up again around spring close to my birthday. That's when like, everything kind of is like a slow progression forward from Aries season on until we hit winter again. Really interesting how like cyclically, That also works for me. I think that's also because I really try to honor the natural cycles of the world too. Like in the wintertime, I do tend to kind of make less content and I slow down a lot during that time period, just like for myself. And I think because of that, I also see it reflect in my work. But my point to this is even when there have been periods of slowness. So like I had that crazy boost in the summer of 2020. And then fast forward down to December, I didn't hit another like 100k until March in Aries season of that next year. So like December through March, very slow progression. And then you get into like the spring months and such and everything picks back up again. And I have these like crazy months where I'm gaining 10,000 plus people again. And 
I think in the past, because many of you know, I have like a past in gaming as well that I ran a, I don't even want to no. I think to a lot of people, they would consider that moderately successful for my version of success for myself. I don't consider my gaming channel that successful. Like, don't get me wrong. It definitely was successful for the time, but I do feel like where I am now, I have achieved more success, even in the field that I'm in now, than I did in the whole seven years in gaming. But in gaming, um, I couldn't, I, I was, I didn't have like the mental capacity at the time. I didn't have like the right tools or understanding to understand that there are always going to be seasons where things are progressing very quickly. And there are always going to be those seasons where things slow down. And that doesn't mean you quit or give up on yourself or like, I mean, obviously, if the creative endeavor isn't serving you anymore, it's okay to decide to do something else. That was me in gaming in um, really, I want to say from like 2017 forward, I, I should have quit gaming well before I did. I'm a Taurus. Okay. We're stubborn. We do not give up on shit easily, but I feel like if, unless like that creative endeavor isn't serving you anymore, it doesn't mean that you just give up. It means that maybe you're going through a slower period. Maybe something is being transformed for you. In my situation, things have have tended to slow down during that winter period in the world. Like when I am experiencing winter seasonally for myself, things tend to slow down for me. I shouldn't say the world because for some people that's flipped based on where the hemisphere you're in. But for me... When winter really sets in, I tend to want to be gentler and slow down and I want to cozy up with hot teas and warm stews and I want to watch movies and I don't really want to be in my office every single day creating, creating, creating. And I can see that directly correlated in my work of how I slow down and things slow down. And even if we look at like our ancestors, that's how they did things. They would prepare for that winter season and everything would kind of slow down. And I think something else that if you are like the life of the creative, I think there's a lot more to be said about like preparing for those winter months. I am not there yet. <laughs> I am just now learning with all of the data that I have that I probably should have a plan in place to prepare more for those quote unquote, like thinner months. But my point to all of this is you're not going to hit this peak in your career and it's just going to go up and up and up and up and up and up. And that's with anything in life. There is always going to be a drawback. There's always going to be a point where you hit some kind of peak and then you need to go into the valley for a little while. And it's okay. And I think that seeing this today, when I colored in this square, I had really been struggling myself with like, gosh, I'm putting so much work into my channel right now. I'm uploading like two to three times a week and views are up, but they're not as up as I'd like them to be. And how can I figure out the algorithm more? And I was getting into that very like masculine driven way of thinking. And don't get me wrong, the masculine serves. I'm not trying to like put down the divine masculine. I think a lot of the success that I have achieved in the past was because of that divine masculine drive that I used to operate from. And sometimes I still see it surface, but I've also seen just as much success sitting back and receiving. 
And honestly, to me, that really is the path of least resistance is allowing myself to create when the inspiration's there and then allowing myself to deeply sit with myself and transform. And it's just been like the perfect creative medicine that I have needed on this day. And I felt like somebody else out there, even if you don't create in like a business way or you don't run like your livelihood isn't dependent on your creativity. I think that it's important to notice these things that you're not going to be on top of your game 24 seven. And it's okay if you're not, it's okay if it's not just a few months out of the year, it's okay if it's a couple of years out of your life where you just don't feel it, you know, it doesn't have to be, you're going to be on this upward trajectory 24 seven. And I think that even outside of creation, this is just good advice for life that whatever you're currently working on or your goals are, you can't expect to be on this upward trajectory 24 seven. It's not ideal. Like it's, it might be ideal, (laughs) the ideal situation, but it's not realistic. It's not realistic to think that every single video, let's say you're on YouTube, every single video that you post is going to outdo the one before it. And unfortunately, I want to say this specifically for my YouTubers out there, because the algorithm is not your friend. Like it might be in the sense that like it pushes out your videos more for whatever reason, like something you've done has pushed it out there more. But I really feel like the statistics on the main YouTube page, if you create YouTube videos, you know, it will weigh your most current video against your last nine videos. And if you constantly log into that dashboard every single day and you see that this video that you made is hitting the bottom of your last 10 or your last, it's 10 in total. And that video counts as the 10th video. If it's hitting 10 of 10 and it's not performing, that's okay. Like, for example, uh, many of you, if you've been on the channel or you know what I'm talking about, I know some of you only listen to the podcast and you don't follow my YouTube channel, which is totally your prerogative. And I support you in doing so, but I want to give an example to those of y'all that like know my channel and look at the content. If I look at my channel right now, I just put out a video two days ago. It was the video for the Pluto return. And it's a video with my face. I sit down and I talk and I think it's a valuable video. I think that this video was really important for the collective. I don't regret putting it out there. However, this video has 7.9k views against a month ago I put out a pick a card that has 71k views. Now granted this video has been out for a month this one's only been out for two days but videos with my face tend to not do as well on my channel and I could take that very personally and be like oh people don't like to see my face because it's ugly like I could take that very personally but instead I remind myself that like some people genuinely like looking at somebody else's face can seem too invasive and or too intimate and just listening to somebody's voice and seeing their hands do like tarot card stuff or maybe just listening to a podcast is what is 
better for you and your own mental health and seeing somebody's face can feel too intimate. I mean, gosh, even the way that we do cameras these days, you can place your camera a certain distance from you and it will make people feel differently. Cameras that are closer to your face insinuate a more intimate connection. If it's farther away, it's not as intimate. And that's actually like a known film fact. So I have to remind myself that it's not always about me. It's not always about my, and I'm sure there are some people out there that think I'm ugly and don't want to watch me. And that's fine. Like that's their prerogative. That has nothing to do with me. But the thing that I'm trying to get to here is that this video, the moment I put it out, it was hitting 10 of my last 10. Like it was hitting the bottom of the bottom. It's still sitting at the bottom in my analytics. And I knew that. I knew that going in and uploading it, that it was not going to be as popular as some of my other uploads because it's not the standard of like my pick a cards that I always produce. And instead of getting in my head about that and being like, oh, I just shouldn't make these videos. Nobody wants to see them. I'm reminding myself instead that no, 7.9k people wanted to see this video. That is a shitload of people. I don't think I've ever been in a room with that many people. That is so many people that wanted to see this content. And don't just like sit on your analytics page and be like, oh, this video didn't perform and I must be doing something wrong. Maybe you're doing everything correct and that message or that particular video it's just not meant for everybody. Does that make sense? Like, I'm just saying, I feel like you've got to be easier on yourself. There isn't anything that you're doing wrong in your creative process. I'm not saying that that means don't make room for change or improvement or maybe doing something else that inspires you. I'm not saying that that means just like brunt force, be rigorous in your approach and you're going to get there. I don't think that that's how you get there either, where you're trying to go of what your like end goal is for yourself. It's more about making room to just let yourself be, let yourself create in a way that feels good to you and the rest will follow. I can say that from my own experience. I can say that from looking at my own data, literally with like a whole ass chart. Just let yourself create. My most popular video, if I sort, I actually have my channel pulled up right now. If I look at my most popular video on my channel, it is a spirit guide urgent message. It has 381k views. It was uploaded a year ago. This video, or it's probably been almost two years now, this video was so popular that it outperformed every other video on my channel and it didn't even get popular right when it was uploaded. It, I want to say it took like a couple of months to actually hit popularity, but if we sit and we judge the videos or whatever we've created right from the moment that it's out there, that also doesn't help us. Like you have to give it time and allow the universe to do what it wants to do. And again, relaxing into it, allowing yourself to, allowing yourself to not get so in your head about your creative process, you know, like, I'm trying to look at the analytics of this since publish. I wonder if I can go to like the first 24 hours. 
Even the, well, the first 24 hours of this video, it was actually kind of popular. It did kind of pop off right away. I guess I lied. <laughs> For my channel at the time, it was published in July of 2020. And in its first 24 hours, it got like 7,000 views, which for my channel at the time was a lot. Um, in any case, just don't be so hard on yourself. Create when it feels good to create. Talk back to that voice in your head that tells you not to or to do something differently or to structure yourself in such a way. I know it sounds so much easier said than done, and that's because it is easier said than done. But take it from somebody, again, that has been there, that has been in that position of always trying to brunt force everything I create, always trying to crack the algorithm. And I still do that sometimes. I still get in these loops of trying to control, control, control. But the more control I tend to give up, the easier and easier my life becomes. And that's really what I want to give you, the listener, is a life of ease. I want you to be easy on yourself and to know that you are worthy of ease. And I think that also goes into like intrinsic and extrinsic value. Something that, you know what, I'm going to save that topic for another podcast episode because I have a lot to say about that, especially with my Saturn return. We're due for another Saturn return check-in, to be honest. Um, now that I'm down to almost the, I think by the time this episode airs, we'll be in the final year stretch, stretch of my Saturn return. And with that, like, I think I've just learned so much over the last two years and I have so much more to say, <laughs> but my beautiful creative soul, even if you're not somebody that again, anchors yourself in creativity, I do believe that every human on the face of this earth wants to create in some way. I think that it's the world that tells us we shouldn't create. And I don't care who you are. Every human has an innate desire to create something, whether it's your business or just something you do for fun. Everybody wants to create and just create just to create. And I promise you the rest will follow. Take it from somebody who's been there, who knows, who has seen both sides of the coin and know that you are so divinely loved. That's and like you just you deserve a life of ease. It doesn't have to be so hard. And I love you so much, Pumpkin. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>